The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app TrueConnect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of TrueConnect exclusively for Raider Nation. You're listening to the Raiders Podcast Network, your official home for all things silver and black. Act Two, Hollywood Swingin'. By the summer of 1983, Los Angeles has seemingly become sports capital USA. The Los Angeles Lakers were coming off their second straight NBA Finals appearance, led by captivating superstars Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. The UCLA football team was the Pac-10 champion and Rose Bowl victors over Michigan. The Los Angeles Dodgers were also a couple of seasons removed from winning their fifth World Series crown in 1981. Another historic franchise joined the City of Angels in 1982, the Raiders. After winning a notorious lawsuit against the NFL, Al Davis and his team packed their bags for the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, instantly winning the city over with their arrival. It's a, it's a large, diverse city. Uh, it's, you know, it's uh, uh, 97 or 101 some thousand uh, seat stadium. It's, it's huge. It was, it was hard to fill, but, uh, you know, once we got there, they filled it. They didn't fill it for the Rams, but they filled it for the Raiders when we got there. It was, it was quite, it was quite exciting, you know, to see that many people in the stadium because it's huge. You know, the LD Olympics there, and it's a tremendous place. Al Davis, in typical fashion, found some new shiny toys for his newly relocated Los Angeles Raiders. The silver and black struck gold in back-to-back years in the draft with two eventual Hall of Fame players. The first on the defensive side, Howie Long, who quickly became a staple of the unit before Mike Haynes' arrival. The 1981 second rounder was a relatively unknown prospect from Villanova, yet racked up 13 sacks in his first two NFL seasons, as individual sacks officially became a stat in his second season of 1982. There was nothing unknown about the Raiders' first round pick the following year. With the 10th overall pick in the 1982 NFL Draft, the Raiders selected running back Marcus Allen, reigning Heisman winner from the University of Southern California. The rookie arrived during a strike-shortened season, but he translates to the NFL without a hiccup. En route to winning AP Offensive Rookie of the Year, he led the league in total scrimmage yards and rushing touchdowns while also finishing in third place in MVP voting. Certainly the, the finest uh, running back coming out of uh, college that year without question and uh, you know he showed up and it showed up that first year he was a tremendous football player not only as a runner as a catcher as a team guy as, as a pass receiver i should say and as a team guy you know and uh, and he can block he was he's a tough blocker uh and that really contributed to his importance on the uh, on, on the offense and, and the football team in general both plunkett and allen got off to fast starts in the 1983 season with the Raiders reeling off four straight wins. In that span, the second-year running back had nearly 300 rushing yards with two touchdowns, while Plunkett had over 700 passing yards with four touchdowns. In Week 5, the Raiders' early-season honeymoon 
came to an end. The team traveled to the nation's capital to face the defending Super Bowl champion Washington Redskins. At the time, Washington boasted an elite offensive line, still regarded as one of the best units in NFL history. The Hogs up front helped keep a high-octane offense, helmed by Pro Bowl quarterback Joe Theismann, rolling. Coincidentally, Plunkett beat out Washington's quarterback for the Heisman Trophy 12 years prior. Washington jumped out to a 10-0 lead to start the game, seemingly handling the silver and black with ease. In the second quarter, the Raiders got seven points on the board to shift the momentum in what's still one of the most explosive plays in franchise history. Backed up at the one-yard line, Plunkett flushed left as the pocket collapsed. As Washington's defense turned the heat up on the quarterback in the end zone, he cranked out a deep pass to Cliff Branch, who outran coverage. The Hall of Fame receiver streaked for 99 yards, still the longest pass play in NFL history. The back-and-forth affair came down to the wire, but the Raiders ultimately suffered their first defeat of the season, 37-35. While Plunkett threw for a career-high 372 yards and four touchdowns, he was outdueled by Theismann, who totaled 417 passing yards and three touchdowns. It was an extremely impressive day for Washington's quarterback, considering Long sapping five times in this outing. In that first game, uh, you know, we scored a lot of points. We just didn't win the football game. Uh, defensively, you know, they got a little shell-shocked by, you know, the way uh, the, the Redskins moved the ball and scored points on them. After their loss to Washington, the Raiders nabbed five more wins, but were swept by AFC West rival Seattle Seahawks. The defense had allowed nearly 37 points a game in those three losses. The Raiders sat at 8-3 and three when Mike Haynes suited up in the silver and black for the first time. The expectations were that Haynes could step in and be an X-factor to take the defense over the top. Coming to the Raiders was not only a homecoming back to Los Angeles, but a reunion with defensive coordinator Charlie Sumner, who was his beloved defensive backs coach for three seasons in New England. The pieces were certainly clicking in place around Haynes, starting with an unworldly defensive line that included long, rookie Greg Townsend and all-pro edge rusher Lyle Alzado. Haynes also had the 1980 Defensive Player of the Year, Lester Haynes, opposite of him at outside cornerback. Pro Bowl free safety Van McElroy, Red Right 88 hero Mike Davis at strong safety, plus Hall of Famer Willie Brown coaching the secondary. Hayes and Haynes quickly formed a friendship and respect for each other, with Haynes crediting his teammates as having a significant impact on his study habits and adjustments to the silver and black. They looked like they were a pretty good team. Personality, the team culture was completely different from Patriot culture. His mindset quickly shifted to one of a more brash, aggressive, and team-oriented spirit. Haynes described his former Patriots team as a quieter unit, with off-the-field bonding coming in the shape of Thursday night Bible studies. A few months later, Haynes now found himself unwinding with his new teammates over a few beers at Poncho's in Manhattan Beach. I wasn't used to doing it, so I was thinking I ain't going, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they asked, they said, Mike, you coming? I'm going, uh, I'm, I don't know, man. I don't know. 
you know. And, uh, and then someone said to me, he said, Mike, you got to go. And so I said, okay. And so I went, and then I understood what it was all about. It was really about bringing the guys together and really bonding. And we were playing for each other. You know, weren't really playing. I wasn't playing for me. I was playing for them. They were playing for me. That's when I realized what was really special about the Raiders, and I wish we had had that at New England. In Haynes' first Raiders game against the Buffalo Bills, the defense forced three turnovers in the 27-24 victory. Having a guy like Mike Haynes join the team uh, was a tremendous asset uh, uh, for our defense in particular and our team overall because now all of a sudden we're, they're getting turnovers. We're getting good field position uh, off of those turnovers. They shorten the field for us. Instead of having to go 70, 80, 90 yards, some, uh, oftentimes during the course of the game, you know, we have to go 50, 40, uh, 60 yards, uh, which makes our job a lot easier. The defensive unit forced another nine turnovers in the remaining four games of the regular season to finish with a 12-4 record and the number one seed in the AFC, revving up just in time for the postseason. Thank you for listening to the Raiders Podcast Network. For all things silver and black, download the Raiders app and visit Raiders.com. Thank you.